Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Justin Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is senior staff writer, fantasy pros contributor, and pro football focus data analyst, Ryan Whitfield, as well as our long-lost senior staff writer, Joey Libro, who's been with us for, back with us for a couple months now. How you doing, Joey? I'm doing well. Ready to talk to you Yeah, so I, uh, I know you're getting ready to talk football with us, because because you basically cut yourself off the social media for the month. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, sir. It's uh, part of my news resolutions. Uh, going well so far. You know, about halfway through the month. We'll see how it goes for the second half. Uh, okay. Well, that's, at least you made it halfway through the month. I wouldn't have made it halfway through the day without it. So, kudos to you, man. Hey, I, I got to ask this question. I was going to ask Ryan, too, but I know he's going to be jumping on in a minute. But have you ever seen Black Mirror on Netflix? Yep, I was just uh, watching the episode not too long ago. Did you see the new Bandersnatch one? That's exactly what I was going to ask you about, Bandersnatch. Did you actually go through that thing? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, actually pretty fantastic for an interactive episode like that. You know, uh, yeah, video games so, decided in the past, and uh, I think they really nailed it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They really, really nailed it. But you, you've got to be, you must be too young, though, for Choose Your Own Adventure books, right? I mean, that, that must make no sense to you, having a book. Would you make decisions in that does not include oh, yeah. a computer that's, that's, of any kind? That's a little before my time. <laughs> well, that I I was I have to say that was totally blew me away. That was a great episode. I really really enjoyed that. Um, so we're gonna we got a lot to discuss today. Uh, we're gonna get rolling in a second. But we're gonna be talking about some takeaways from the divisional playoffs. We're gonna be talking about predictions for the conference championships. We're going to be talking about some new head coaches. We talked about a bunch of them last week, but the Bengals and the Dolphins now have people lined up for their offseason. We're going to be talking about daily fantasy sports, DFS, football picks, and strategy for the conference championship weekend, and much more. So let's go ahead and get this rolling. All right, let's talk about the divisional playoffs because last week we uh, broke them down, talked about all the things that we all the things that we thought would happen, talked about all the different players, and uh, for the most part, things kind of ended up basically where we thought they might end up, except for except for Ryan who had predicted the Colts would go to the Super Bowl, and obviously that will not happen at least not this year. But let's start with you, Joey, on this. Let's talk about the divisional playoffs and what your takeaways were. First of all, tell us what your favorite game of the divisional playoffs were and why, and then give us one takeaway that you got from watching all those games. What is it that you took away from that that you thought was interesting that you didn't know before divisional playoff weekend? All right. So um, we talked a little last week about our favorite game going into it before we know the outcome. And I said, Chiefs Colts. Um, that game didn't turn out to be as uh, good of a game as we thought it would be. Um, <laughs> right. But my favorite game actually was Saints Eagles. Um, not just because the Eagles lost. Uh, obviously, that was nice on, as a Giants fan yep. on my part. But um, oh, yeah. I think the Saints' uh, resilience there, um, they went down 14 nothing in the first quarter. and um, But it didn't really feel like they would ever lose that game. I think they had a lot of momentum on their side. And you saw what they were able to do on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Michael Thomas had a, had a great game. Uh, I, he was actually my DFS pick for the week at receiver. So if, mm-hmm. you, if you listen to my advice there, you, you probably had a good week. Um, yep. 
yeah, this, that offense was firing on all cylinders. That that one long drive they had, where they had those two uh, the two penalties, and they just felt like they were on the field forever. Um, it would it would make me nervous as a Rams fan uh, coming up in this next week, uh, watching the Saints play to have that good that good game last week. And, and now the Nick Foles yep. magic is over. Um, my takeaway from the divisional playoffs, um, I'm going to take it back to last week again. Ryan mentioned um, how balanced teams uh, in terms of offense and defense are the ones that are going to have consistent success. And I, I don't disagree with that, but after those divisional games, we are now left with four teams, and those four teams are the highest scoring offenses in the league. Top four, those are the four left. Um, and you'll, you see that in the coaching hires that were made. We're going to talk about that a little later, but um, I, I just thought it was interesting that that was the outcome. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think for the last or at least 12 of the 17 regular season weeks, um, we were saying that there basically was a, a three-team, maybe a four-team league. You know, basically there was the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, occasionally we saw the Patriots and Chargers and the Bears kind of sneak into that top five. But, you know, we, we always said, we said for a long time, it was a it was a three or a four-team league or a three-team league, I guess, as, as it were. And then we got kind of caught up in this wild card magic. Uh, and here we are after the divisional playoffs. And those three teams that we had ca- talked about all season long are three of the four teams that are in the conference championship. So, Ryan, I'm going to switch over to you. Let's ask you about these divisional playoffs. Um, I know uh, I know you probably have some thoughts on how it all went there. There was one really competitive game, and the, the other three weren't really that close. Um, at least from the perspective of how of game flow, but tell us what was your favorite game of divisional playoffs, and what was your one takeaway from the divisional playoffs? And just to recap here, uh, Joey had mentioned he enjoyed the Eagles Saints. Ryan, are you there? Okay, so he theoretically is on the board. I see him physically on the board, but I am not hearing him. So uh, everybody, if, you, uh, if you're if you new to the show, you know that we are always about technical difficulties. Let me give this another shot here. Joey, in the meantime, tell me, what did you think about the way that the Rams were able to shut down Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys? Because that's something that's going to be really key come next week when they face the Saints at in in uh, in New Orleans, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, a huge one-two punch. Ezekiel Elliott being one of the better backs, obviously in the league, and they were able to really stymie him throughout the game. Any thoughts about the Rams and how they were able to control the uh, Ezekiel Elliott and how that might translate to how when they face the, the Saints this coming weekend? Um, yeah, uh, the uh, the Cowboys obviously their offense isn't as strong as the Saints. Like I mentioned before, the Saints are one of the four teams highest scoring in the league um but the rams defensive front has a lot of talent especially on the defensive line aaron donald in my mind is the best player in football um so them shutting down elliott and the cowboys offense isn't really that shocking um we saw earlier in the season um i believe it was week 15 or 16 uh the cowboys put up a big fat zero against that against the Colts right. defense that in a lot of people's yep. minds isn't isn't that strong talent-wise. I know they had a, a good year with Darius Leonard and uh, those guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, they were kind of streaky at some points during the season, uh, especially before the Amari Cooper trade. So for the Rams to go out there uh, defensively and, and shut down the Cowboys like they did, 
Um, not really a surprise in my mind. You know, their D coordinator, Wade Phillips, been doing it a long time. Um, and I think the Rams were ready to get over that, that playoff hump that they weren't able to get over last year. Um, so it's going to be an interesting matchup this week against the Saints. <clears throat> yeah, and, and actually I have to say that that fourth quarter stop of Ezekiel Elliott in fourth and inches uh, was a pretty pretty key turning point there for the game because it really at that point in time, it was really only a one-score game. Could have gone either way at that point. Uh, and that was, um, you know, if you can't get an inch – with Ezekiel Elliott, then you really don't deserve to be there, I guess, at the end of the day. And that's how it all turned out. All right, Ryan, I see you're back on the board. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I know what's going on, stupid blog talk. But, yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> there, take that, blog talk. You are the first target for Ryan today. All right, Ryan, tell us about your divisional playoffs uh, and uh, which one did you enjoy the most and your takeaway. Well, the one I <laughs> – the one I enjoyed the least was being uh, completely wrong on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, <laughs> so that right. was, uh, I had, uh, I tweeted out before the game and said, not only will the Colts win today, they're going to win by two possessions. And then uh, halfway through the game, I, I tweeted out, if if you were stupid enough to believe in this Colts team, then you really are, you know, dumb, dumb as can be or something like that. And then somebody commented <laughs> on it, uh, getting mad at me saying, how, how, you know, well, that's such a generalist take lazy or whatever. So, I screenshotted right. back my original tweet and said I was actually poking fun at myself, but neither here nor there. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I, I whipped on that one. I think my big takeaway, and I don't have – I've been sick with the flu the last couple of days, so my uh, oh, my man, research right. coming to tonight is is not on par with where it normally is. But uh, I believe Andrew Luck came into the playoffs this year with like a 70 passer rating, which is in all the Max Kellerman stuff the last couple of days is the point that – uh, someone needs to call him to the carpet on because he's still defending his Brady take. But he had said going into the weekend that Brady is the last quarterback he would trust in the playoffs right now. Wow. Um, right. Well, Andrew Luck, if that stat is correct that I'd heard earlier in the week that Andrew Luck was heading into last week's game with a 70 quarterback rating in the, in the playoffs, um, that, that should tell you where it's at after that poor performance. And uh, I forget who had this during that game that if, uh, you know, if Andrew Luck could just get the ball over the line of scrimmage, the Colts might have been in that game. So, and so that, that's that's honestly the big takeaway, I guess. I'll keep it on the AFC side um, in general. It's going into this weekend that the weather's going to be brutal out there, which has been well publicized at this point. Um, I yep. think it's supposed to be like negative five degrees in that game this weekend. And uh, I, I know I know the Chiefs' offense was clicking at times during that game against the Colts. And obviously, myself personally was really high in that Colts defense. So take that um, that performance with a grain of salt. But the the Chiefs, they they gave they did they did their best to keep that playoff streak at home alive. Um, there was the the fumble that that gave the the Colts the ball at the twenty, and then Andrew Luck goes and gets strip sacked. You have Adam and Perry right. missing an extra point and a chip shot field goal. I mean, at, at one point that game should have been twenty four to seventeen, but unfortunately the the Colts love high powered quarterbacks who choke away, you know, choke it away in the playoffs. As I mentioned on Twitter last weekend, you know, a, a tradition 20 years strong shout out to Peyton Manning um, <laughs> that, you know, you have a guy who's so dominant in the regular season. who just can't, I mean, there was every chance in the world to stay in that game. And, and me personally, I look at the chiefs defense and I don't think that the chiefs defense was particularly good. I thought that the Colts offense was just that abysmal and, and especially Andrew Luck. I mean, even his throwing motion, it looked like he was like shock putting the ball you know, or throwing a javel on, like there was, there was, his form was awful. And so I don't know if that was the cold, if that was nerves, um, you know, given all the shoulder injuries, maybe the cold is something that that's going to, 
uh, activate that and, you know, cause anyone who has a bad back like myself, you know, that when it gets cold out, it gets harder um, to, to live a day-to-day life. So maybe there was some of that, you know, that neck and shoulder stuff all coming back because of the cold weather. Um, sure. But, you know, I don't think the Chiefs looked overly impressive. I think they just were not as bad as, as, a, as a Chiefs team who played who played terrible. So um, wow. that, those okay. are my overall big takeaways. I don't think the Rams or uh, the Saints winning this weekend was particularly uh, surprising. I took the Eagles just because of the fact uh, that I was tired of betting against Nick Foles. And when you know what, I finally bet on Nick Foles and he loses. So <laughs> you were the um, curse for you were the way to break the Nick Foles magic. Apparently, you just had to. Yeah, I guess to I had to stay on the other side. <laughs> I would say sorry, Eagles fans, but you're all you're all a dumpster fire trash of a fan base anyway. So, um, so yeah, those are those are my big takeaways from the weekend. Yeah, I actually have to disagree on the Chiefs though. I actually thought they looked pretty good. It was, it was I thought it was planned very well. I thought they had a good they had a good game plan. Mahomes didn't have to do much. I mean, there was a couple third down plays which he converted, but otherwise they didn't really have to do much. I think I do give the uh, defense a little bit of. A little bit of credit. I think that D Ford played really well in this particular game. I think that you're right, though. Uh, Andrew Luck did kind of implode upon himself, and they, you know, they were they shut him down. They shut down Marlon Mack. Once they shut down Marlon Mack, they forced him to the air, and he had a he looked uncomfortable back there. He didn't look good. There was no timing, and that was the end of that. All right, let's move on to the next uh, topic here. Let's talk about the NFC uh, and AFC conference championships because that's right around the corner here, and uh, we got some some great games set up for this weekend. Uh, both of which really, really closely set up by spread. The L.A. Rams will be visiting the New Orleans Saints. And right now, right now the current line is minus 3.5 in favor of the New Orleans Saints with the over and under at 57. And we have the Patriots visiting the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead uh, at 6.40 p.m. this weekend. And that spread right now is currently with the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 3. And the spread has come down from 58 to 54.5 in part due to this weather that uh, Ryan mentioned a minute ago. Right now, currently, for all of you who are tracking this, the Sunday weather in Kansas City actually looks to be a high of 25, low of 20, but the wind is actually going to be uh, topping out around six miles per hour. So that shouldn't really impact much, and there's not much precipitation predicted for that day either. So this will just be a regular cold day there. Shouldn't be any wind issues. So with that, let's start with, um, with you, Ryan. Why don't you tell us uh, what are your keys for each of the four teams and then uh, I'm going to get keys from Joey, and then we'll let's pick let's pick the games. Yeah. So on the AFC side, the key uh, for for the Chiefs, I'll give two for the Chiefs. One, um, they're going to have to play defense like they did last week, uh, mm-hmm. and get and put pressure on Brady. Particularly, they're going to have to move around and I'd say put pressure up the middle. Um, on offense. You know, they're just going to have to be able to, to play make. And I know that it was somewhat cold last weekend, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't certainly or nearly as cold as it was this weekend. And for an offense, it's a lot to do with speed and timing. Um, that's going to be important to handle. Uh, on the Patriots side of things, they're going to have to run the ball like they did this last weekend, like they have a lot this year. Uh, that That is one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, the one thing the Chiefs do well is I believe they're the number one pass rush defense in football. It's the only thing they do well on that defense. So, what, but but what they have there, they you know on the defensive line for pass rush, they they don't have in and run stopping. So, I expect that the Patriots to try to slow the game down and try to run on them all day. Um, and on the defensive side of things, they're just going to have to use that amoeba front they've been using a lot lately. The where they have Trey Flowers down, the other five six guys just kind of walking around and really try to 
confuse Patrick Mahomes. It was not a front or a look that they were using uh, when they played him back in week six. So it is a new mm-hmm. wrinkle that Mahomes has not seen, and they, they tend to uh, to change things every time. And, and the Patriots have been the most effective team when blitzing uh, this season in the NFL. So they'll have to continue that. Uh, on the NFC, the Rams, um, their defense is going to have to show up and, and try to – uh, try to box in the Saints team. The good news is the Saints offense hasn't really looked like the Saints offense the last several weeks. And I wonder, again, as I've said on the show here, if Breeze is just slowing down a little bit because of his age at this time of year. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're going to have to play a good defensive performance. And especially in that stadium of all places, they can't they can't afford to turn the ball over. So they need to play a clean game on uh, on offense. And then the Saints, their offense just needs to get going again. You know, I think they're going to have to I think they're going to have to score high twenties, low thirties. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to do better than they did last week and in the last several weeks before this. And then on defense, um, you know, kind of the opposite of what I said for the Rams, they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want to create some turnovers here, get some short fields and just, um, you know, I think the, the, the biggest and best way, especially again in that stadium for them, uh, to win is to just get rolling early and start to steamroll them and put them away early. Yep. Okay. Well, let's turn it over to you there, Joey. Let's get your keys for the game. What are your keys for each of the teams in the conference championships? All right, I'll start off in the AFC. Um, for the Patriots, I think the big key is going to be rushing the passer. Um, Ryan mentioned uh, Trey Flowers is a big, big-time defensive player for the Patriots and what he does. Um, I, I know it sounds cliche when I say, oh, you gotta get, you got to rush the passer when you have, you're facing a team with a good quarterback, but Pat Mahomes has, the, I believe, the biggest drop-off when it comes from his passer rating when he's not pressured and when he is pressured. Um, hmm. When he's not, he looks – uh, almost magical, and he's merely mortal when when you do get uh, some pressure on him. So I think mm-hmm. I think that can be really important to the Patriots winning this game. Um, for the Chiefs, I think it's going to be <clears throat> start starting off hot, just trying to get up, get up on a Patriots team um, that is ob- obviously the most experienced team in the playoffs, just because the dynasty mm-hmm. that we've seen the past 15 years from them, um, 20 years at that. Um, but also it's going to be playing defense just because um, – not not just playing defense, but getting the Patriots off the field quick so that their offense has a chance to score and score again. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is actually really interesting. I, I haven't seen as big of a gap between their home uh, performances and, the, and away performances on defense like this before. I believe it's like a 19-point gap. They're giving up 19 points less at home. Than uh, compared to on the road, so I wouldn't I wouldn't understate the fact that they get to play this game at home. Um, right. Going over to the NFC um, for the Saints, um, I think it's uh, it's all about their defense. Um, I'm not not too worried about their their offense. Uh, like we saw last week, Michael Thomas having a big day. But um, a lot of people have touched on this. The Rams run heavy eleven personnel just uh, just all the time. Um, which is which is interesting. It's not it's not common in the NFL anymore, and that's that's really the genius of Sean McVay. Um, surprisingly, Todd Gurley he faces like the fewest amount of eight man boxes uh, than any running back in the league, and we all know how talented he is. And mm-hmm. we saw C.J. Anderson have big games the last few weeks. Um, but uh, I think it's important for uh, those Saints to get good penetration in the gaps. Uh, play. I, they're not going to want to play base defense because that's exactly what the Rams want them to do. Um, it's going to be interesting how the Saints perform on defense, but I think that's their key. Um, and in terms of the Rams, 
they need to find some way to shut down Michael Thomas. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. a to lead is the answer there. Um, I don't think anybody can shut him down, really. Um, we saw him 12 catches, 174 yards, something like that last week. Um, but they, that can't happen again, or the Saints are, or the Rams are going to lose this game. Yep, yep, I agree. And I, and and my my two cents here for the on the AFC side for the Chiefs, I think the key is defense. They got to show up. They got to be able to contain Brady. We we saw last week how they ha- were able to really kind of pick apart that Chargers defense and think what you want about them. They did have good players on that defense, they just weren't able to get anywhere near. Uh, Brady he had a very he had really good release of the ball and, and had a uh, had a good great game plan there and much of which was on the back of James White and Sony Michelle and that's my keys for the Patriots getting both of those guys going clearly both of them were incredibly effective Sony Michelle having a breakout game there really does eat a lot of clock increase time of possession and keep that uh, explosive Chiefs offense off the field and on the NFC side I agree with both of you guys but to the Rams side I think their ground game is critically important. Gurley and Anderson uh, combined for a uh, for a, uh, a playoff game um, record of 273 rush yards last week against the Cowboys. If they do that again, of course, they will dominate this uh, this year. The Saints, on the other hand, I agree with Joey Breeze and Thomas are incredibly important. So for them to actually get going there and do what they do is incredibly uh, is incredibly important for the Saints to get back. Uh, into the Super Bowl, and of course, last week that 14-point comeback was the largest comeback in playoff franchise history. So let's do the picks. All right, Ryan, Saints and Rams. Right now, the spread three and a half for the Ram for the I'm sorry three and a half for the Saints. Essentially, just the home field advantage. Over under is 57. What are you taking? Well, first, I, I just want to mention I was scrolling through Twitter looking for a stat real quick. Um, came mm-hmm. across a Bruins tweet and just discovered that I'm actually blocked by the play-by-play announcer uh, for the Bruins. So, <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, talk about another sensitive media member. So I thought that just be fun to point out for a second. Here he, but I will take a little uh, applause for you. <laughs> uh, sensitive, sensitive people out here, man. Um, but I'll take <laughs> I'll take the Saints at home. Um, you know, I just think the Rams' defense has been too up and down this season, uh, and I just. Yeah, I just think they're, it, this, game, this is a game that I would pick depending on who was home. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. going to go the Saints. I am weary because, like I said, the Saints offense just hasn't looked that good or consistent uh, the last several weeks here. But with that said, that, that stadium is lined up for them to get back to the Super Bowl. So I'll, I'll take the Saints uh, on this one, and I think it is going to be a high-scoring game, so I'd take the over on it too. Okay, and uh, Joey, what are you thinking about Saints-Rams right now? Who are you taking, and will you take the over or the under? Uh, I'm taking the Saints um, for the reasons I stated earlier. I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to slow down that offense. And I think the Saints, uh, Ryan's touched on this in several podcasts, but their defense has just been steadily improving. Um, We saw it last week, only giving up those 14 points to the Eagles. I know it was Nick Foles, but he's got magic, right? Um, I like the under, actually, because it's playoff football. And I'll give you a score. It's going to be 27-23 Saints. Okay. All right. Um, Well, I will also – go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was just going to agree with you there and say, yeah, I am also taking the Saints with three-and-a-half point spread, and I am also taking the under on it. Uh, the way that the uh, but the way that I think both of these will play out is that there will be control ball football. If they get Gurley and Anderson running on the Rams side, they will go and try to win time of possession, and I think the Saints will try to do the same thing with Kamara and Ingram. So let's go to the Chiefs and the Patriots. Ryan, Chiefs currently favored by three at home. Over under down to fifty four and a half. What are you picking? 
So I've been down on the Patriots all season long. I'm taking the Patriots in this game. All right. Um, they showed me something last week, the way they played. And, uh, you know, they've been a terrible road team this year. They haven't run, won a road playoff game since they beat the Chargers in 2006, uh, back in that divisional round. And uh, so it all seems to be stacked up against them. If, if this team, from a non-statistical standpoint, has taught me anything over the years, it's that when you when you count against them the most, that's when they – that's that's what this – you know, the five championships is one thing, but the dynasty is really built on that. Every time they seem dead, you know, they're, uh, I think somebody uh, from Bleacher Report put it this way. I think it was Mike Freeman that they're like Jason, you know, that just every time they're dead, they, they rise back up. And that's what this dynasty has been built on. Um, that Brady's comments after uh, the Julian Edelman video today, you know, they've, they've somehow, despite being one of the best football teams over the last 20 years, have now created a narrative inside that locker room where no one believes in them and everybody thinks they suck, which is such a bastardization <laughs> and, and over-the-top uh, assessment of what's being said about them. Um, right. That I think it's actually kind of a good thing, though, that they've created this, this chip on the shoulder and this message. I do think there's an intangible thing about a guy in his final run. We saw it with you know, guys like Ray Lewis in 2012 and Ed Reed. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, we might be seeing with Gronkowski right now. But from an X's and O's and football-type uh, scenario – it's going to be five degrees. And I know people say you can still play in cold weather. Like I said, I mean, we're talking the difference of almost 40 degrees between what Mahomes and that offense played in last week to what they're played in this week. Um, and, and so I, I think this is going to be a game about running the ball and playing defense. And I think the Patriots defense is a smidge better. And at home, the Patriots defense is way better, but the way they played on the road this year, they're only a smidge better, but they're a smidge better and they can run the ball better, and they can run the ball more physically. Damian Williams has done a nice job, but it's more finesse running. It's, it's running to set up the pass. It's running to keep the defense honest here and there. If, if you have to line up and run the ball between the tackles over and over again all day on a day where it's freezing out there, I'm taking the Patriots in that matchup. So um, I've been down on them all year, but uh, I'm coming around in the AFC Championship just in time to be wrong and to jinx it the wrong way. Excellent. And you're taking the over on the under, or the under on 54 and a half. I'm taking the under. Okay. And uh, Joey, Chiefs and uh, Patriots, uh, what are you taking uh, on, on the spread? Minus three in, in favor of the Chiefs and then 54 and a half on the over-under. What are you taking? Uh, it's just funny. Uh, just When we were doing power rankings earlier in the year, we'd all have uh, the Patriots in our top five. But Ryan was pretty pessimistic about his team going in. <laughs> and uh, now it's, now it's going to be reversed. Ryan's picking the Patriots. I'm taking the Chiefs here. Um, like I mentioned before, that the different the uh, sorry the differential between the defense for the Chiefs at home and on the road is pretty stark. Um, Ryan did mention it's going to be about running the ball on defense just because of the weather, um, but I, I still like the Chiefs in this game. Um, I think it's going to be really close though, just a real nail biter. I'm going to pick a score for you. It's going to be 24-20 Chiefs, so I'm going with the under. All right, and I will also take the under because of the weather, and I, I will also take the Chiefs, so the minus three spread, although um, I think it will be very close, and I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a one- or two-point game. And honestly, that, that entire narrative of we suck and no one believes in us is absolutely ridiculous, but uh, I think you're right, Ryan. That, does some, that is locker room stuff right there. So if they believe it, it's going to help, and, <laughs> and apparently they believe it, so it's definitely helping. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, and this we're going to keep it really short, guys, because we want to get to DFS. Let me just get quick thoughts from you, because this hasn't happened yet, but we have these new coaches that are planning to be hired after they get knocked out of the playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals 
planning to hire Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor, 35-year-old disciple of Sean McVay, and he's never been a head coach in the NFL or in college football before. Um, so that's, that's one. And the other one is the Miami Dolphins planning to hire the Patriots. Well, it's essentially the linebacker and coach, but he's de facto defensive coordinator Brian Flores. And, of course, he spent his entire coaching career in New England uh, starting in 2004. So he hasn't actually gone to the next level yet either. Any thoughts really quick on these two potential hires, assuming these teams go out of the playoffs, Zach Taylor to the Bengals, Brian Flores to the Dolphins. Ryan. Yeah, Zach Taylor makes sense because uh, they want a guy with no experience. Because if if we know anything about the the, the Bengals ownership group, is uh, how cheap it is. So that makes perfect <laughs> right. sense to me. Um, you know, we'll see. Again, I just this is the trend right now, and and typically, uh, you know, the the best way to succeed is to be on the cusp of a new trend, not not the seventh person to hire a young offensive minded coach. So, right. um, good luck. Uh, with that said, on the other end of things, I like Flores a lot. I hated Patricia. I thought Patricia was an overrated bum. Um, and, you know, McDaniels, I think we've seen what he's done. Uh, I'd be weary because the, the Belichick coaching tree has not worked out a lot. But right. on a one-to-one basis, Brian Flores is a guy I've always liked uh, in the Patriots organization. And uh, I'm pretty disappointed uh, that he's that he's leaving. With that said, unless they can get a quarterback, hey, good luck. <laughs> Right. Right. I, I don't know if he's set up for success there, if he does end up there. Joey, what are your thoughts about Brian Flores <clears throat> to the Dolphins and Zach Taylor to the Bengals? Uh, in terms of Zach Taylor, uh, I'm just really jealous that I haven't met uh, Sean McVay because at this point I'd be a head coach somewhere. <laughs> right. um, and like Ryan said, um, in terms of trends, um, it makes sense on paper the way these teams are going just because like I talked about before, before Ryan hopped on that the four teams remaining are the four highest scoring teams in the league. So that means we've got to go find ourselves an offensive minded head coach. We've got to find ourselves the next Sean McVay. But um, if you think about it cyclically, like in terms of this coaching cycle, one team is getting the seventh best offensive minded head coach of this cycle. So I, I don't like this move at all. No experience from Zach Taylor and, not a really inspiring move from the Bengals. Um, Ryan knows a little bit more about Brian Flores. Uh, I applaud the Dolphins for uh, kind of sticking their nose up at that offensive-minded head coach, young offensive coordinator thing that's going on right now, uh, trying something new. I am a little weary, like Ryan mentioned, of the Belichick coaching tree, but um, he knows more. Um, if he likes Flores more than Patricia, then I'm all for it. Yep, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. Obviously, the Matt Patricia thing didn't really work out, and most of the uh, Patriots assistants have not really done well the next level. But who knows? This could be the uh, this could be the exception that makes the rule. Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one. Bam! Let's move on to our last topic. This is DFS. As we cover every week, let's talk about some DFS plays for this upcoming conference championship weekend. Let's start with you first, Joey. We want to get a quarter. We're going to get your thoughts on quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense. So let's go ahead and get rolling there. Who you like this week at quarterback? Uh, quarterback, I'm going to have to go Drew Brees. Um, just the performance he had last week is really impressive. The Rams' passing defense isn't that great. Um, so Brees at quarterback, uh, running back, Camara, just because that Saints offense has been firing in all cylinders. Um, so Camara at running back. 
Uh, receiver, another Saint, Michael Thomas. We saw him have that big game. I don't think Aqib Tlaib is the answer to slowing him down. I, I expect another big game from him. Um, tight end. I, I I guess I'll go Kelsey. I know he's on. He's going to be the most expensive one, but um, Travis Kelsey should have a big game. Patriots. Uh, I have struggled a little bit covering tight ends. I believe. Um, so I like Kelsey in that matchup. And defense. I'll just. I guess I'll go Saints. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in any of these defenses fantasy wise this week, but uh, let's go Saints. All right, all right, that sounds good. Let's turn you over, turn it over here to Ryan. What are your thoughts at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense for this week in DFS? So I'll change up some of mine because we were literally the same on everything except for running back and defense. <laughs> um, but I, with that said, I'm not coming off my quarterback pick though. I am, I am taking Breeze. Um, I think he's gonna again. He's the he's the one guy that's you know out of the four you can look at. He's the one guy who's at home in a dome. So I don't know how you take anybody outside of Drew Brees at the quarterback position this weekend. Uh, running back, I'm just going to double down on it again. Um, and I know that the again I know the Chiefs defense home and road splits have been uh, have been better, uh, or that the defense plays better at home. Uh, that rough that that run defense from the from the Chiefs sucks no matter where it's at. When you're at home. The crowd noise can really, really help you shut down passing offenses. I think the Patriots are still going to be able to get whatever they want on the ground. Um, so I'm taking Sony Michelle. I think he's the third highest, at least in FanDuel. Uh, so I'm going Sony Michelle there. Um, at, at wide receiver, I'm going to take Robert Woods. Again, I'll, I'll go inside here. Uh, $7,100. He is the fourth uh, most expensive. But to do something different for Mike Thomas, I'll go, I'll go with him. Um, I'm going to say after last week only being targeted once, I did see a revitalized energy from both, uh, Gronk and, uh, Edelman. So I'll take Gronkowski at tight end. I had Kelsey obviously too, but I'll take Gronk because I think both of them could benefit from being such a cold game. I think right. this is going to be a game where they're not going to be able to throw the ball deep downfield because that ball is going to be hard and cold. And you're really going to kind of throw jump balls short, uh, to big bodied guys. And both teams have really small receivers across the board. So that's really going to be, uh, you know, uh, Gronk and, uh, um, and Kelsey. So I'll take Gronkowski on the other side of that. And then on the defense, I do think the Patriots defense shows up. I think that, I think that front is going to confuse Mahomes. It is going to be cold out there. I think that he he's a, he's a legit should be the MVP. He, he, he has a bright, bright future ahead of him. I think between the cold and what, what Belichick, I think, what they're going to do with this this defense that they've developed over the second half of the season, what they're going to do to confuse him, um, and, and again, the, the hype and the pressure of this game, I just think it's a, a trio of factors that Mahomes is not quite ready for this year. So I'll take the Pats defense just for that reason. Okay, well, those are all good picks there, and I will actually differentiate myself from both of you at quarterback. I actually would pay up for Patrick Mahomes this week. I mean, the New England secondary ranked 22nd against the pass this season. Mahomes threw for 352 yards and four touchdowns against New England on Sunday Night Football. I understand the weather will be different. It'll be much colder, but like I said, the wind will not uh, will not look to exceed six miles per hour, and until you exceed a 10-mile-per-hour level, I don't think it impacts your ability to pass the ball. Uh, and is and Tyreek Hill and, and Kelchi, they're a real problem out there, and it's tough to handle both of those guys on defense. Mahomes has a way of finding them. But I don't mind paying down and getting the cheapest option in Jared Goff. 
He is the cheapest option on all the sites, and he lit up the Saints in Week 9 for 391 yards and three touchdowns. The Saints are only 22nd against the pass per DBOA. So, hey, you know, they're third against the run, 22nd against the pass. How are you going to beat them? I think you got to go over the air. Obviously, Todd Gurley, C.J. Anderson, very important. But Goff is going to be the key if they want to win. And as running back, I do like the Alvin Kamara pick. I think that's terrific. Rams 28th against the run, and um, and and I think that's that's really key right there. Um, and that 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 also applies for Mark Ingram a little bit. But I like Alvin Kamara because he had the 20 touches last week in the divisional playoff games, and he did light up the Rams for 116 yards and three touchdowns the last time they met in Week Nine. And I love James White this week. Now I love Sony Michelle, as you said, Ryan, because the uh, because the uh, Chiefs are last against the run in the, per DVOA. But I really do like James White. He had 15 catches of 17 targets in the divisional playoffs. If you are in a PPR site like DraftKings, a full PPR site, I think that James White is a great deal. Plus, the Chiefs are 21st against running back receptions. And I just said that White catches a lot of a lot of balls out of the backfield. So I see, see that as a big big boost for James White. And I don't mind Damian Williams in, in half PPR sites. I think he's going to be good. Uh, Rams are only 19th against the run, so you never know. And he actually had a real breakout week. Just don't don't expect him to do what he did last weekend. I don't think that's reasonable. Michael Thomas obviously is terrific. I'm not going to go into any more about that. But I will also say that although Rams are ninth against the pass, they are 28th against wide receiver ones per DVOA. So, of course, Michael Thomas, I'm totally buying into that pick as well. I'm going back to the well of Ted Ginn. He has been back for two games. Um, he's had 15 total targets. He hasn't made much of it in the last game, but that's okay because it keeps his price depressed this week. So I like Ted Ginn for salary relief. I love the Robert Woods pick that you had, Ryan. I'm actually in on Cooks and Reynolds as well. The Saints are actually third to last and second to last against wide receiver ones and two, and they do move those guys around. So more on those half PPR sites because they don't, there's just, they, they get spread around a lot, but they all can have big games of Woods, Cooks, and Reynolds. And you didn't mention Julian Edelman, and I think he is key on DraftKings, any place with a full PPR site. Caught nine of 15 targets for 151 yards. Julian Edelman in three playoff games in 2014, and two in 2015, three in 2016, and the one in 2018. Edelman has received double-digit targets in every one of those playoff games and exceeded 100 yards in five of them. I love Julian Edelman this week on DraftKings or any full PPR site. I don't mind punting with Sammy Watkins for those of you who want to save a little money, only 4,000 in DraftKings near minimum. And he did have eight targets in the divisional round. I think Travis Kelce is a no brainer or tight end. I don't think you can pick anyone else. I know you're trying to differentiate yourself, Ryan, by going to Gronkowski, but Gronkowski, unless you're getting points on your site for being a good blocker, I just don't think he's going to get much production. He, he was fantastic, but more fantastic on the line, uh, getting, Brady time to find his other receivers. Although the one catch he did have was traditional Gronk dragging people 25 yards. So that was nice to see. And as far as defense, I agree with both of you pick whatever defense you want, whatever fits. I don't really care. I, I just don't think the defenses make a difference this week. I can't differentiate them. So whatever is cheapest or whatever fits your lineup, go for it. All right, guys, that's all the time we have. We've made it down to the end as well. And of course, a lot of material, and we got divisional. We've got those uh, conference championships coming up. It's going to be really exciting. Ryan, why don't you give us your um, your uh, social media account so people can follow you? Yeah, so the one thing I'll just say quickly to, uh, to caution on James White, you know, James mm-hmm. White's a huge part of this offense, so he'll, uh, he'll, he'll have another productive game. But Super Bowl 49 against the Seahawks, uh, Shane Breen had 14 receptions. In the Super Bowl 2016, uh, against the Falcons, I think it was 15 receptions for James White and then 15 again last weekend. Uh, that's Dan Quinn, uh, Gus Bradley, 
and and just saw that whole Seahawks cover three uh, press scheme where Brady knows to just dump that ball off low to running back. So um, mm-hmm. still not a horrible play, but just don't go into that knowing that that was as predictable as anything last weekend. Uh, but mm-hmm. you can check me out on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield NE. Unless, unless you're Jack want. Edwards. The that guy, <laughs> That's right. And if you want to, if you want to find a reason to somehow to block Ryan, just engage him on Twitter. I'm sure he'll give you a reason in short order. Um, Joey, give us your social media. Even though you shut yourself down for the for the entire month, give us your social media so people can follow you in February. Yeah, yeah, you won't catch me until February, but uh, any platform, I'm at Joey Libro. All right, great. And we have so much. More excitement left in the season. Some terrific conference championships this weekend. Thank you all for coming out and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. If the Patriots win, I will be insufferable next week, just so both of you are aware. <laughs> That's right. Different than usual, guys. Ryan will actually be insufferable. <laughs> no bears. <laughs>